This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here along with the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And what you guys can't tell, this is the Onside Kick podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast, but you guys can't tell, this is the fourth time we're doing this. Yep. Fourth time because I can't get my stuff together. If you're on YouTube, great to see you. Hello. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher, thank you guys for giving us a listen. Thank you for giving us the download. But Mark, I'm going to do it again because I did it once before. Mm -hmm. I finally got my invitation to your wedding. Yep, hand delivered. You told me that, hey, I'm a groomsman. Now I Mm -hmm. have the invitation, so I know I'm officially invited, and you're not going to pull the wool over my head at the last minute. There's still time. (laughs) There is still time. There is definitely still time. Mm -hmm. As We got a jam-packed show today. We're talking about the NFC South, and can the Buccaneers dethrone the rise-up Atlanta Falcons as the division winners down in the NFC South. Then we're going to go and take a look at some of the rookies that we've talked about. Who's going to be the big impact rookies year one for their team as a rookie and then kind of a fun topic a little top five wide receivers coming into 2017 who are going to be the top fives when we get to the end of the season we'll end the Mm -hmm. podcast with that but let's get right into it we got the Buccaneers we got the Falcons and I will ask you this question first before we get into the Bucks just looking at the Falcons are they going to be a one-hit wonder this year should we be worried that hey you know the trend that we have in the NFC South of revolving door at the top. Should we uh, be worried about that and then suspect the Bucks to maybe take that throne? I actually think that the that the Atlanta Falcons will probably still win their division. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're uh, going to be the only team from the South that are in the playoffs. Um, I definitely think the Bucks have a great chance of getting in the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a tough competition, though, of course, because of the Carolina Claw Panthers. I think they're going to be back this year. Not as much as they were when they went to the Super Bowl, but they <laughs> well, will they be back. they don't have Josh Norman. Yeah, they'll be back and, and ready to fight with the Bucks. But, yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough battle. The Atlanta Falcons are not going to be as good as they were last year. Um, and what we're going to still have to wait and see is with Sarkeesian coming in mm-hmm. as the new offensive coordinator, how does that affect things? Is that run game uh, in Atlanta good enough to do what Sarkeesian wants that run game to do? You know, they're going to change it up a little bit. It's not going to be – I don't expect guys, you know, like Julio Jones to put up the same numbers that they were able to put up before. Um you know, I, I definitely expect to see, you know, like a, a running backs getting more involved in the pass games, mm-hmm. use those tight ends, you know, uh, quick screens. You know, this is kind of more of what you expect out of Sarkeesian, and maybe he'll surprise us. Um, but I don't know. Until I see the Falcons play under him, I can't say how good or how much things are going to change. And that's the big question mark with the Falcons heading into this season is Kyle Shanahan no longer there. And it's one of those things where you look at it and go, are we going to tie Julio Jones like you did? Are we going to tie Julio Jones' success last season to Kyle Shanahan? And I think there is a little bit, a fraction that you say, yes, there will be a little bit of a drop-off. Not as mm-hmm. much, though, Well, as because some he's still think. one of the best wide receivers either yeah, way. Yeah, he's got one of the best quarterbacks in Matty Ice, mm-hmm. throwing him the football. And this Falcons team didn't lose a bunch on offense. They still got Matt Ryan there. They still got Deonta Freeman. They still got Tevin Coleman. They still have their wide receivers in Jones and Sanu with Hardy and Gabriel behind them. The big thing is they've got Sarkeesian coming in, and how is his offense going to differ? Because the big, and the only reason why we're really making a big deal about this is Sark coming from the college game to the NFL game. Mm -hmm. He was recently with Alabama, which some people may say, well, Ricky, that's like being at Kentucky in basketball. You're basically coming from an NFL team at that point. But they're known for defense and power running, essentially, is what they really do. And really, he was only the offensive coordinator at Alabama for about a game. After after Lane Kiffin took that job at uh, FAU, he was a consultant, and then he became the offensive coordinator when he left. I don't think Atlanta loses a beat on offense 
with Sark. It might take a little bit in camp and in uh-huh. uh, the off season and maybe like week one, week two to learn the lingo yeah. of his system. But I think that once we get to the middle of the season, mm-hmm. this is going to be one of the biggest division races that we look for. But I and still, I don't think Atlanta wins it just right out. No, they, I don't think they'll win it right out either. But I still think there's going to be some transition period, mm-hmm. uh, of course. But I think that it's just maybe what they're going to want to do that's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty much I, I think they were the leaders for play action last year and that helps out not only the passing game but the running game Mm -hmm. uh and i don't think that that's going to be the same thing you know uh you kind of expect probably to see a little bit more of hope for power running you know and that's not exactly what you expect out of the falcons and hopefully it's one of those things where you come in and you say all right well i got one of the best quarterbacks i got one of the best wide receivers I'm going to utilize that. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully you're not going to take things away from them, but it all kind of depends on how stubborn a coach is going to be to say, no, this is what we do here, and you guys are going to fit that now that I am here. Uh, I also think there was a lot of kind of turmoil uh, in the past for Sarkeesian, so you don't expect everything to – I mean, you, you just sit there and say, okay, let's see what's going to happen coming in. Uh but at the same time, when you come into one of the better rosters in the NFL and mm-hmm. a very young, talented roster, it's going to go pretty well, right? That's why I'm still saying Atlanta Falcons are probably still going to win their division. It's just that other people are competing as well. See, and I'm on the other side. I totally uh, I totally think that if there's any team in this division, and now we're going to bring them into the discussion, if there is any team to kind of— I'm going to say challenge the Atlanta Falcons for the divisional crown in the NFC South. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I look at their team and from personnel-wise on the player front, to me they didn't ha- they didn't have any huge losses that they have. They still have Jameis Winston coming back. They still have Doug Martin and Chris Sims and even Jaquiz Rogers in the backfield. They still have the Mike Evans. Oh wait. Who do they now have with Mike Evans, though? O.J. Deshaun Jackson. Oh, well, I'm they talking have about Deshaun O.J. Jackson, and they have O.J. Howard. That's so what I'm excited big, about. And I'm glad you bring up O.J. Howard because, yeah, mm. Deshaun Jackson, he gives, you know, it's not just Mevins on this side. You now have a quality wide receiver on the other side that defenses have to keep honest for both. Mm-hmm. But really one of the big things when they drafted Austin Seraph and Jenkins out of Washington, A.S.J., he was going to be a big piece for this team. Obviously, it didn't work out. They got rid of him. Now they get O.J. Howard late in kind of that middle to late first round, which is a I would look at it as a steal because there were some mock drafts having him in the top five, top ten. So if you're yeah. getting that caliber talent of a, of a guy down in the late teens, early 20s area, you're getting a steal for that price. Plus, he's a guy who can receive – and block as well. So I, I expect the offense to be a little better under the Dirk Cotter kind of system that he has. They mm-hmm. get the extension for Mike Smith, ex-Falcons coach, to be the D.C. again. And I look at their defense, not many losses on this defensive side. They still get Ayers. They still have Golson. They still have McCoy. This is going to be a team where they keep the core of their guys together and the main thing, they're just getting another year older. Yeah. And the big position that, to me, that works with is Jameis Winston. And he is going to be the key to all of this for the Buccaneers because if he can mature that one step up, he can challenge the Falcons for the crown in the NFC South. Yeah, and what really we need to see is, uh, I, I hate to say the next step for Jameis Winston because he's he's impressed every mm-hmm. opportunity he's really had so far. Um you know, he, he's definitely been very successful, but can he take another step forward? You know, can he continue leading this team? Uh, having Mevins there and, you know, can the passing game get even better? Because passing game was definitely good, but it was, you know, fairly middle of the pack when you start looking mm-hmm. at some of the statistics. Um, and honestly, a big part of that is going to be having the lack of number two uh, out there. So you... 
look for this to go forward, running game to go forward. The defense was definitely something you're pretty happy about. But like you were saying before, it's all about, all right, we have another year here. Let's move forward again. So this whole team is Mm -hmm. just this question of how does next year look? Because if it's a step forward, then you're looking at a team that's going to the playoffs. If it's the same or Mm -hmm. less, they're probably missing it once again. And here's the big I'm going to give a similarity to both the Falcons and the Buccaneers, but in this similarity, the Bucks are the ones that I think are going to come out on top from it. And just like we mentioned with Sarkeesian, coming from the college game of his last year. So last year was in college, now he's in the pros. Offensive coordinator, now offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach for the Bucks in Todd Munkin. He was a guy last year for the last um, three, two, three years of his career, he was the head coach at Southern Miss. Head coach in college, now he's coming over to the pros, and he's not just the offensive coordinator. Like I said, he's the receivers coach as well. Here's the big difference, though, and this is why I think the Bucks are going to benefit from this side. Not all the pressure is going to be on Munkin because who is, when you look at Dirk Cotter, is he an offensive or a defensive-minded guy? He's an offensive-minded guy. That's why they got rid of Lovey Smith so Cotter could take over the reins and work with Jameis Winston, whereas you look at the side for the um, Falcons, their head coach is not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy, so mm-hmm. you're not going to have that same kind of, I don't want to say crutch to lean on, but the head coach for the Falcons, defense, Head coach for the Bucks offense. So I look at that. Yes, they have the same similarity, but the Bucks have that guy who it's really the head coach going, no, 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 I know what the offense yeah. should be doing. I just think for, for any team in this division right now, you're looking at the team that scored more points than anybody mm-hmm. who have one of the best passing attacks, throwing almost 300 yards a game, then having 120-plus yards but a was game. That, was that all Kyle Shanahan? I can't say you can't give it all to Kyle Shanahan, but you certainly you say I that know it wasn't Dan there's, Quinn. There's some good stuff coming out of him for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, you know, but you have these great players. You have Freeman mm-hmm. out there who's a monster at running back. You have uh, Julio Jones and the Matt Ryan connection. You know, you're really excited to have all this again. You mm-hmm. know, because you just saw how good it could be. Um, you know, unfortunately, things didn't go the way you wanted when it really counted at the end. 25-point lead? Um, 24, right? Sorry, I had to throw that in there. Sean would have got mad at me. Sorry, Falcon fans. I love you guys. But, yeah, and the thing for me is both these teams, the good thing for both of them, not a lot changes. Mm-hmm. There's not any sweeping changes that happened with either of these teams. and. A team that you mentioned. Well, that I, was, I mean, I would say offensive and defensive coordinators. I'm talking are, players. Are I'm talking player person. Mm-hmm. Like on the player side, it wasn't like the Bucks lost Jameis Winston. Yeah. Or the Matt Ryan he left. Julio Jones he's gone. Nothing like that happened. The coaching is the only big spot in both of them getting a replacing of their offensive coordinators. But a third team that we kind of have to mention because you brought them up because mm-hmm. you kind of can't keep them out. Even though I kind of think. They are the odd man out when it comes to the NFC South this year. Yeah. Carolina Panthers, are they going to be able to step back into the room and regain their title? Because we know that the Saints are probably going to be in the cellar again. I'm sorry, New Orleans. Yeah, and it's no... It's it's not someone like Drew Brees' fault, and you feel bad for Max Drew Brees. Max Unger just had a what foot injury recently. He's yeah. going to miss the beginning of the season. At least, hopefully, that's just a couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I look at you know I look at the the Panthers, and obviously Christian McCaffrey is a huge addition. Uh, and then we we talked about it last podcast with you know with wide receiver who were not sold on in the second round here, but. You know, you it's something. It's something. And that's what a big issue for the Panthers have been is, is that wide receiver position going to get better? Um, Cam Newton had a rough season last year, mostly from the abuse standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 
running game was just as well, not just as good, but it was a really good run game. The passing game wasn't as good as it could have been. Defense didn't go as well as it should have went, uh, but they were still doing pretty well, scoring points. They were getting the run game going. Cam Newton, when he could get something going, looked fine. It's just the can they get back, mm-hmm. um, and unfortunately. That defense is not going to be the same as it was when they went to a Super Bowl. We know that for sure. Uh, it's more of a question of can Cam Newton get this offense moving the way it used to when they went to a Super Bowl. And they got a new shiny toy, just like the Bucks got O.J. Howard. They have Christian McCaffrey now and his speed and that, I, in the back. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. The thing that I want to look at kind of to end this and back with the Bucks and the Falcons, to me it comes down to the schedules. And these two teams – playing similar opponents, but in the different games, I think it's going to be interesting to see what these teams do because they both have to play the division, obviously. So that, to me, is number one. When it comes to... Because right now, I, I'm going to say it, I think the Falcons and the Bucks split. Their two meetings, I think I'm going to give the Bucks their home game, I'm going to give the Falcons their home game. Could be vice versa, but they'll split their meetings. After that, the first thing you look at... How are they going to play against the Panthers and the Saints? I think both of them could get sweeps over the Saints, even though I wouldn't be surprised with a split. The Panthers are the big one. I think that the Falcons can sweep the Panthers. The Bucks are going to be the team that I look to of, can you match the Falcons and sweep the Panthers as well? Then after that, I look at one of the divisions that they're going to have to play, the NFC North. The Bears, I think that they both can beat the Bears. Sorry, Mark. Hey, no, the, Bears going 16-0. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the Vikings, I think the Falcons can beat the Vikings. The Bucks, because it's in Minnesota and it's week three, could be a tough game. Sam Bradford will be Sam there no Bradford matter what. Sam Bradford will be there. I mean, he played all 16 games last He year. did, but injury still. We know for a fact he will be there in hey, week man, three. Hey, man, my bold prediction of he will start all 16 games is true. I was very proud of that. But it comes down to mm-hmm. the Packers and the Lions. I don't think... In Lambeau, right now, I don't know if I'm confident enough to give the Bucks that. The Falcons, on the other hand, they play Green Bay week two at home, but then Detroit's kind of that wild card team. Yeah, They're we'll good enough happens. to beat both teams. I just don't know which way I want to put it. Then the last thing I look at is the other division, the AFC East, they got to play. Mm-hmm. The Patriots beat both of these teams. I think both of these teams can beat all the other three teams in the East, the only question is Miami. The Bucks get them week one in Miami. The um, Falcons will get them week six at home. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things of how you're going to do there. Well, the last thing I look at just mm-hmm. for the Falcons, and this is the last thing I'll mention, they got a rough two-game skid for me. Week 10, they're at home against Dallas, and that's going to be a 425 game on Fox. Then they play that Monday in Seattle. That's yeah. a two tough. That two well, tough games that the Bucks don't have. They have a potential really dangerous slide at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Going against who knows how the Packers. I mean, I'm sorry. Who knows how the Panthers are going to do? But, but then Dallas, Seattle. Dallas, Seattle, then Bucks. I mean, that's a divisional game. If the Vikings are good, mm-hmm. like they can be. And then you got to play the Saints, which who knows? You're going to play them but twice. You you're going to play the Bucks again. again. It's just it's a dangerous. If the Bucks are going hot, mm-hmm. and the Vikings are good, like some might think they will, there's a lot of losses that can happen for the Falcons at the end of this season. Well, and that's the thing that it's kind of a similarity, but a difference in a little bit. Of if we look from Week 12 on, the Bucks play both of their Atlanta games because it's the same as Atlanta. But they have four divisional games, two at home, two away for the Bucks. The Falcons from week 12 on, they play the Bucks twice, the Saints twice, and the Panthers. So they have five of their six divisional games mm-hmm. within week 12 to week 17. Yeah, which division, you know, it's always tough. And that's one of those things where, I mean, late in the season, it's how did you do against the Green Bays, against the Detroits, against the New Englands, the Seattles, the Dallas for the Falcons, that I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm making a bold prediction. We have not had a bold prediction Monday on the podcast in quite some time. I'm booking it. I'm saying this year, NFC South Division champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are going to win the NFC South. There you go. Flash forward to our predictions because there, you already got Mm -hmm. my NFC South prediction. 
So I'm going to go ahead go. and say it. Jameis Winston going to win the South. Any last thoughts on this before we move on? Um, no, I still I still have penciled in right now the Atlanta Falcons to win their division. I do think there's a very real chance that it's a whoever won the, the head-to-head. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a big thing that decides um, which one of these guys go. It's a very real possibility that both teams are sitting at, you know, 10 and 6, 9 and 7 right on top of the division and it comes down to a tiebreaker for him uh so don't be surprised to see that even though i totally believe and we're going to talk about it soon uh well soon enough once we get to not Mm -hmm. this one but the next topic uh the last topic with the wide receivers i fully believe the tampa bay buccaneers offense is going to be going balls to the walls you know they're going to be atlanta's Mm -hmm. offense just last season um i don't think atlanta's offense is going anywhere though so this might be the hottest offensive football to watch next year in the NFC South. And no one is surprised by that if they've been paying attention mm-hmm. in the offseason and the draft. Um, but we got an arms race right now is really what it Literally, comes down to. an arms race when it comes to these quarterbacks. Because you have all four quarterbacks in the NFC South know how to sling it in the Saints. I will give you love later in the podcast. Don't worry about that. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. Can the Buccaneers kind of dethrone the Falcons in the NFC and NFC South? I almost said NFC South. The NFC South, the Falcons, what do you guys expect this year from your team without Kyle Shannon? Let us know down below in the description. But Mark, we got to move on into our next topic and we are talking rookies here. On the podcast, they have been drafted. We talked about some of them, they're winners and losers. Some of them have not team. been drafted. Some of them have not been drafted. They were mm-hmm. unsigned, are signed free agents. They weren't unsigned free agents. Uh, well, were some of them are unsigned free, free agents. agents. They're still there. I'm technically an unsigned free agent. Uh, so am I. Yeah. Apparently, Sean said it in the NBA. Uh-huh. I could, I'm technically a free agent in the NBA. So Second Chicago point. Bulls, I'm looking at you. I'm ready to suit up. But what we are looking at is rookies in the NFL that are going to have an instant impact on their team year one in 2017. They're not yep. going to sit. They're going to be playing right away. You started off, my man. Yeah. Who are you going with? Who's your first one? Uh, I want to say it's an obvious pick here uh, because he's got to start mm-hmm. week one, Deshaun Watson. He's got to. You it. can't put Savage above him. You just can't do it. Deshaun Watson is one of those guys who comes in as an instant leader. He will take over that locker room. This team was a great playoff team minus the quarterback. The Mm -hmm. only thing they were lacking was a quarterback. It is a scary defense that will punish opposing teams. They've got great weapons to throw the ball to, weapons that can run the ball. They just didn't have a quarterback. And Deshaun Watson is that kind of... uh, you know, he's going to be the leader. He's going to get people pumped. He's going to be able to throw the ball. He's going to run it. I, I, you know, when we talked about this before, he was probably the guy who I said should be the first pick because mm-hmm. he's the only one that was ready to start day one. Mm-hmm. Um, and he walks into the perfect situation of his team probably should win their division uh, and could potentially be walking into the playoffs with him as a rookie. Well, and one of the things I'm looking at is SB Nation, their Texas blog of BattleRedBlog.com. They even have it here as the headline, Tom Savage, I'm ready to play like I have to play to keep this job. Well, yeah, you have to play because Deshaun Watson's going to take this job from you. Mm -hmm. And the thing I look at is unless you are the Chiefs, who we talked about last week, Mahomes, he's going to sit. It's not even a probably. He is going to sit. Year one, unless you're a Chiefs this year, unless you're a Packers when they took Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. unless you're I'm even going to throw the Bears in with Trubisky this year, unless you have a guy that you're going to start the Patriots when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, when they drafted Ryan Mallett, when they when they got Matt Castle, when they had Brian Hoyer, basically anyone that they've drafted under Tom Brady, you're going to you're going to sit a year if you have someone in front of you. Of course. Deshaun Watson doesn't have anybody because Tom Savage, I'm sorry, you're going to play like you. Where Mm -hmm. was this last year when the job was yours? Yeah. I don't want to see this now that you have a young rook behind you. And Deshaun Watson, I think that out of all the quarterbacks that we saw, the Trubisky's, the Mahomes, even the Kaiser, he was the one that most people were saying, I'd be confident with him day one. 
He mm-hmm. is the guy that I'd be confident he's with got day some, one. Yeah, he's got stuff to work out. He's got All some things he do. needs to fix. All rookies have things uh, to work on. But he's a guy who can take over mm-hmm. and he can win you a game. You know, that's what it really Look comes down to. the national championship game yeah. against a team that he lost to the year before. Mm-hmm. And that people would, you know, people always say Alabama, that's as close to an NFL team as it gets. No, it is an NFL team. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so They could beat the Cleveland Browns. Remember that. That's what we like to say, right? Uh, I, <laughs> Sorry, I, Cleveland. I just I like think what you did. that uh, I like what you guys did. I, I like, like what you did. In the I like draft. your jib. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is the guy who mm-hmm. I think day one makes a big impact. Ricky, let's hear it. I before I get into mine, the last thing I did want to say about Deshaun Watson was <laughs> it helps when you have good wide receivers and having Hopkins, Fuller, and Strong is just going to be really good for him. My impact rookie, the first one that I have is Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers made a splash by not only saying, hey, if he's ava- <laughs> if he's available at 8, you knew he was going to be available at 8. Come on. Everybody did. But going out and getting this guy, and I think they are going to use him in unique ways to where he's going to be a, because of his speed, because of his versatility, he could be a matchup nightmare for some of these teams, not even in their division, but in the NFL, period. I think they are going to use Christian McCaffrey very sneaky. They're going to use him in the backfield. They're going to use him as a wide receiver. They're going to play him in different places to where if you are a defense, you better have a solid middle linebacker, kind of like Ray Lewis. I'm going to use him as the example. Or like Brian Erlacher, kind of the old guys that we've seen where it's like you're kind of looking and you're pointing things out and you're going, okay, watch him, watch him. He's over here. Somebody get on him. Because if you lose track of this guy – you lose track of the, the kid in Christian McCaffrey, he will make you pay. And this is one of the bright spots. Even though I'm not as high on the Panthers this season, I think Christian McCaffrey with his speed and what he can bring to that offense is going to be an instant impact from day one. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, this uh, Panthers team is looking to get back to the mm-hmm. old form. Uh, that's what we just talked about when we were talking about the NFC South. They want to get back to that, and part of that is having this great run game. And their run game was still good last year. That was one of the you know brighter spots on the team. Uh, but having McCaffrey here just kind of brings that different dimension. And let's be honest, I mean, Jonathan Stewart can do it. He's going to be the guy that... If you need a run up the middle, you're going to go with Stewart. But if you need kind of a pitch to the outside, if you're going to go screen pass, if you're yeah. going to kind of work to the outside, McCaffrey will be your guy because the thing I think they're going to do with McCaffrey, get him in open space. Get him in that open space so he can work with it and just use that speed, that toughness, that athleticism that he has to get down the field and make some defenses pay, especially, like I said, if they lose where he is on the field. Yeah. Who's your next one? I, I have to go with this guy to flip to the other side of the ball, um, a guy who I would have loved for my favorite team, the Chicago Bears, to draft, Malik Hooker. Uh, oh, in, I thought you were going to steal mine. No, no, Malik Hooker uh, in Indianapolis because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He's a good quarterback. Uh, he knows how to throw the ball. When the opposing team doesn't score a lot of points, they win a lot of games, or yeah. so I hear. Yeah, that's typically <laughs> what happens. That's how you play football, right? And and this is why Malik Hooker is going to get a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Andrew Luck throws the ball a lot. And he scores touchdowns a lot, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, he's throwing the touchdowns. Um, so this team is going to put up numbers. And his defense has not typically been very good. Malik Hooker is going to be that center fielder out there, kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, last line of defense, making sure that nobody gets past me. You know, he's going to be the guy to go out there and command respect, to get those interceptions, to turn things around for this defense. That's why they went and they grabbed him, because he can do that. He can help turn this defense around, which has needed help for a long time. I'm going to wanna. I'm going to. I'm going to take your safety actually, mm-hmm. and I'm going to match you. Why just stop with Malik Hooker? Jamal Adams is also going to be an impact rookie. Day oh, for one. sure. I know he's drafted by the Jets, and mm-hmm. if I'm one of the two safeties and I'm picking a team, I like Hooker with where he is because the Colts are a little bit closer to the playoffs and a little bit closer to winning that AFC South than the Jets are to a making the playoffs or b 
winning the AFC East. They're probably the furthest away from that of any team. But I think both of these safeties, Hooker and Adams, are going to come in and make an impact on the team. With Hooker, it's like you said, he's going to be that last line of defense. The Colts needed, I was looking more on the pass rushing side. Let's be honest, in both both of my mock drafts and most of my mock drafts, Malik Hooker was off the board by the top 10, rolled around. So he wasn't even that late into the draft for the Colts to even think about. It was a no-brainer to go and take him. And then if I look at the Jets side with Adams, clearly the out of the two, I would take Adams over Hooker. He's, a to me, the leader. He's a guy that's going to be effective in the box and in coverage. And I'm looking at what Gil Brandt had to say about him because Gil Brandt, unlike myself at uh, NFL.com, he knows – Adams's father, George, and he mentions how he he goes, and I'm just going to read it. Jamal Adams is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in your life, but he's also a tough SOB, and that is going to be, like, reading that, that is going to be important for a football player, especially with where he's playing in New York. So I think both of the safeties are kind of going to be impact players right away for the Jets and the Colts. Mm-hmm. Someone I want to mention that uh, I don't think this is potential like rookie of the year mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, You're not getting a hot take from Mark Weber. Today? No, but I think that this is the guy who is really going to be in the perfect situation mm-hmm. to make that impact and mm-hmm. get people talking. Uh, and it's the little brother. It's TJ Watt. I think that TJ Watt being on the Steelers is the perfect fit. You know, this linebacker, this pass rusher, whatever you're going to want to call him, he's the kind of guy where... Having that mentality of his brother already. Yeah, he wants to make a name for himself Mm -hmm. uh, because he doesn't want to be little brother. He wants to be the better Watt Mm -hmm. in this family, and that's a tough thing to do. But he's going to want to go out there, and he's going to want to prove that, that he can do it. So... I think it's going to be very interesting to see him on that defense, which is a historic defense. You know, the Steelers are constantly known for being the tough guys out there, being the bruisers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is kind of part of them revitalizing, of course, that history and going out there and grabbing a guy with the name Watt, which is a pretty big household name in the NFL, uh, that people are going to expect him to go out there and do good things. And like I said, we're not talking rookie of the year here, but he's well, going nice to go out there fit. and make a big impact. It's a nice fit, and especially for a team like the Steelers who have that pedigree they already have. They're a team that's built, and they know their philosophy to where he can just step in, and he doesn't have to have the kind of uh, what's the word, the pressure of the city on yeah. his shoulders. He's got other guys around him that are helping out. J.J. Watt was a different situation because Houston wasn't a good football team. Mm-hmm. wasn't what they are now when they drafted J.J. Watt. So it's kind of a different situation in that sense. I'm going to go with our first offensive lineman, though. I'm going to go with my my guy out of Minnesota and Pat Fline. And the reason why is we need, we need an offensive lineman in the baddest way, and this guy can either help us at the guard and the center. I think he's a tough lineman who's going to step in right away. He's going to make sure that uh, – Mark Weber over here is not making jokes anymore about yeah. Sam Bradford being injured. I might make jokes. He's not, he, he's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to keep Sam Bradford from getting injured, but also we got two running backs now that we gonna we need to block for. And one of the things it was an older video we did, but we got comments on it recently was when we talked about Latavius Murray coming over from Oakland to Minnesota. And I had mentioned the joke that, oh, you know, we stole him away from Oakland and that, oh, they stole Cordell Patterson away from the Vikings. But really, those were just jokes. We didn't steal him. He just wanted to come yeah. over to Minnesota. And the one comment I don't know was, why one would, but. The one comment would, it was just one of the lines of, hey, you know what? Let's see how he does with that offensive line in Minnesota because he ain't going to have that line like he did when he was in Oakland, and I look at it and I go, yeah, your offensive line is better, but I look at this one, I look at uh, Eflin, and I go, hey, you know what? He's a guy out of Ohio State that can step in and make sure he's not only an impact rookie from day one, 
but the guy we drafted ahead of him in Dalvin Cook is also an impact rookie behind Latavius Murray yeah. from day one. Um, I, I only got one more guy I want to mention. I, okay. I don't want to talk about him too much, but I'm interested uh, in Cleveland because we mentioned Cleveland before. Mm-hmm. Sean Kaiser. He was the unloved You think he's going to be an impact from day one? From day one, probably not. I don't necessarily think he will win that starting job right mm-hmm. away. I for sure think he's going to be starting at some point this season because it's Cleveland. But he's got a real shot because this is just a mess of a quarterback battle, as mm-hmm. it always is in Cleveland. Uh, and he's got a real shot to start day one. And he could be the Derek Carr surprise. You know, he could be the Russell Wilson surprise if nobody thought he was actually going to be there mm-hmm. day one. But, but he here is. he is, and he's going to play. Uh, and Cleveland has enough to where he can do well and not suck. Um, well, but mean, they they're have, not gonna, you know, they're not gonna light anybody's fire out there. Let's be honest. The one guy that we don't even have to mention, but I will anyways. That's going to be an impact rookie who's in Cleveland is Miles Garrett. Yeah, but that you, was the given. But when you go number one, you should be an impact rookie, right? That, that's yeah. how it should go. Unless There's you're, no surprise. Unless you're a quarterback that has a guy in front of you. I, I don't, don't know, know why you, you would yeah. have that though if you were at. The top of the draft. I actually have two more that I just want to give some love to. The first one is he's a guy early on I had mocked to the team he got drafted to. As the mock draft process went on, I went away from it and went more towards need, especially with the safeties. But Leonard Fournette in Jacksonville, I think he's going to have a good year this year. I think he's going to, A, win the job from T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon will be an afterthought, and he will be the backup. But... Leonard Fournette will be able to give Blake Bortles in a crucial year for Blakey, the teenage ninja Bortle. He's going to give him some support behind mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage so that he can take some pressure off of he needs the something. pass rushing so they can get the ball yeah. to those talented wide receivers that he does have. And then just the last one I wanted to mention was Mike Williams. And the reason why is... This is this to me is a tricky situation because I think if Keenan Allen stays healthy, he'll still have an impact rookie season, kind of taking some pressure off of Keenan Allen, will become the number two wide receiver in L.A. I almost said San Diego, in L.A. But the thing that I'm kind of thinking of is, I mean, I don't want to see it happen, but I'm going to put my money on Keenan Allen might get hurt again. It's been, what, yeah. two straight seasons he's been hurt? It wouldn't be surprising. And they were like season-ending injuries. It wasn't like, a, oh, he was out for a little bit. It was, oh, you done. You done for the year. So I'm putting my money maybe on that happening again. And if it does, bingo, Mike Williams because you're, he becomes your number one wide receiver, and he'll have to step up and become that impact rookie for the Chargers in lieu of an injury. But really, I hope that doesn't happen. Still is a number two. He'll be able to make his presence felt for a Philip Rivers that the Chargers are trying to keep happy because they don't want him to retire or kind of do the Carson Palmer. I'm going to retire. Bye, guys. Oh, wait, I'm going to go to another team after I've yeah. been retired. Yeah. So is there any more that you think we should mention? i got to just throw O.J. Howard out there because we talked about him earlier. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of these guys who are, like, obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, they will definitely make make impacts to their team um no i mean it's just i'm i'll be reading what people say down below i've got an interesting comment that i saw today while i was looking at either it was either on um fox or espn i can't remember which one i want to just get your quick hits on it it was along the lines of the 49ers wouldn't be upset if it takes reuben foster like if he sits the entire year and isn't able to play do you think Reuben Foster, with where they drafted him at 31, has to play this season and have an impact year for the no, Niners? I don't think so. Um, the guy who needs to have an impact is Solomon Thomas. True. He's the guy they drafted they three. Drafted him at, I almost said two. Nope. It forgot, was about, forgot about that trade that Either happened. way, he's still got to be an impact player. Uh, you know, Foster can kind of have that little bit of a mm-hmm. uh, looser, well, 
yeah, looser expectations. Um, Solomon Thomas has got to come in and, and kick some ass. Uh, and he's also got to shut up the people like me who think, ooh, three was a little high for Solomon Thomas. And I found the article. It was actually the headline of Kyle Shanahan said it. He said, worst case scenario is that Reuben Foster misses the entire season for the 49ers. So I want to throw that out there because there's a possibility that he is not going to be able mm-hmm. to be that impact rookie. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below who are some of your impact rookies that you feel are going to be a solid contributor to their NFL teams, their rookie season in 2017. Let us know down below in the comment section. But, Mark, we're going to move into our last topic. And we're this is actually a first, I want to say, for – the onside kick, we're actually doing a top five list, an actual like top five, not just, oh, who's the top yeah. in a certain position. But what we are doing today to end the podcast is we're looking at the top five. So Mark's top five and my top five wide receivers in in or for 2017. And what these rankings are is these are not top five coming into. Yep. These are you top guys five stats. These are top five wide receivers. For the end of 2017, these are the guys that we think are going to have big 2017 years mm-hmm. and will be the top five wide receivers at the end. I want to just get right into it. Yeah. Who's your fifth? We'll start at the bottom All right. and then we'll be here. Who's your fifth? All right, everybody. Just got to chill for a second before you start <laughs> typing. All right. Number five is Julio Jones. Ugh. He's Julio Ugh. Jones because of this. I don't know what to expect out of Sarkeesian. He's a I guy knew, who you've likes been to on run. That all podcast. He likes to run the ball. You've been harping on all podcasts. And the Atlanta Falcons, they, I'm pretty sure, were the number one here. They could be number two, but they use play action more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. That inflates. The passing game, because obviously people are going to bite on it, especially when you have one of the best running games in the NFL. That's not necessarily how things are going to go. We don't know for sure that's not how they're going to go. But right now there are question marks, and I'm saying Julio Jones is still a top five wide receiver next year. I just am not ready to put him all the way up there. Plus, Julio, a lot of Julio people— Julio Jones is good, and I've got him a lot higher than you do. He is Hey, top, <laughs> top five is a big deal. Top yeah, five I've is got nothing it, to laugh got about. Got him in my top three. I'll put him. I'll put, I'll put you on that. Two off, you know? Uh, <laughs> but I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I'm still saying he's going to be above 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still saying that he can get his, you know, five, six, seven touchdowns that he usually is going to get in a season. Um but I don't think that they're going to have the number one passing attack this year like they did previously. It'll be like number three mm-hmm. instead or something. It's still going to be up there, uh, but just just down a little bit. That's going to push some of these other guys above him who were not that far off. You know, I, Julio Jones is never going to lead in touchdowns. He's going to be a guy who can lead in yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the running game is going to be a little bit more prevalent. Not that it wasn't prevalent before, but it's definitely going to be a little bit more prevalent, and I think that'll take a little bit away. Yeah, I think you're crazy. I think Julio Jones is a top three, maybe even top two wide receiver. Well, he either is or is not a top two wide receiver. I'm trying to not give away my answer, but we're going to get to Julio Jones in mind. This one might be a shocker for you at five. You ready for this one? All right. Michael Thomas. Oh. New Orleans Saints. And the reason why is the first one is the obvious elephant in the room. Brandon Cooks ain't there. They need someone to step up and be the main wide receiver. The second one is Ted Kidd Jr. is basically your number two. I'm sorry, he drops the ball. Yep. So who am I going to throw to? Michael Thomas. Well, the the unfortunate part of that is Ted Kidd Jr. drops the ball. And Willie Sneed isn't one of those guys where it's like, man, mm, that's my number two. So I'm not worried about this number two right now. (laughs) I'm putting two guys on Thomas and saying, all right, try it, Drew. And that's kind of why Thomas is here at five, because mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a weird kind of situation where it's not a huge breakout season. It's not like Julio Jones and uh, Antonio Brown, OBJ kind of a season. But I think this is one of those years where... Top five wide receiver is quite a breakout we season. Lo- we look at Thomas and go, I want him on my fantasy team. Well, I think last season I was want that. Him, well, no, like this is a... Not just I want him on my fantasy team, but 
hey, you got Michael Thomas starting? Hell yeah, I got him starting. He doesn't hit the bench kind mm-hmm. of a thing in fantasy because he's going to be, when you are the guy that Drew Brees targets the most, you're going to rack up fantasy points. Yeah. And I think he is going to become Drew Brees' new favorite target in New Orleans because Brandon Cooks is now playing for Tom Brady and New England. He's mm-hmm. kind of my little sleeper, my sneaker, kind yeah. of getting into the top five. The interesting question for for Thomas watching this season is, does he get double-digit touchdowns? You know, he had nine last mm-hmm. year. Is I he going to get will. to that 10? I think he the will. only thing that makes me scared for him is none of those other wide receivers are going to scare me if I'm the defensive coordinator. So I'm going to blanket Thomas and say <laughs> – do you trust Gibbs see, but, to catch the ball? See, but I don't think you could do that because Willie Sneed, although he's not going to be the number two, can kill you with speed. It's Ted Ginn that scares me because he's mm-hmm. a drop artist. He yeah. will drop balls yeah. quicker than a rapper will drop an album or drop a single, and it, he kills me. And you might be saying, well, Ricky, you're a little bit harsh on him. Yeah, when you're trying to win a fantasy game and you got a Hail Mary from Cam Newton, and all you got to do is do this, all you got to do is do this, let it hit your hands, bring it in, and you're in the end zone, and he goes bloop, right through the hands. I'm going to be a little salty. That Monday yeah. night game killed me. But who's your number four? All right. Once again. Don't kill me. Don't get angry. <laughs> All right. You got to listen here. My next one's Odell. Ooh. Odell Beckham Jr. At number four. The reason is purely Brandon Marshall's existence. Okay. Brandon Marshall's existence I don't want to say kills because it doesn't kill anything with Odell. He's still number mm-hmm. four, um, and you should still draft him on your fantasy team. Mm-hmm. But it makes Odell not in the conversation for like a top five fantasy pick because Brandon Marshall is going to get his fat chunk of yards, his fat chunk of touchdowns. You know, and it's that dual, it's that dual monster of I truly believe that Eli Manning can win an MVP this coming. They even year. added the tight end out of um, Old Miss. Ah, Ingram, that's right. Too. That's right. Uh, so they got they got some fire out there to play. I was with. surprised when they picked him up. Yeah. So you know it's still the kind of thing where it's going to be an awesome offensive attack, mm-hmm. but it's going. To, Brandon Marshall will leech some of those yards off of Odell. He will leech some of those touchdowns. And the big thing is, which one are you going to double cover? Well, and and the, that other one is probably going to do better. The thing for the Giants is, I think they're kind of moving away from. OBJ is our guy, play after play after play, where it's one of those, we want Eli to be able to go anywhere he wants, to yeah. where the defense can't just go, yeah, just double-team him. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you double-team him, he's still going to do this and catch the ball phenomenally with, what was it, the thumb and the middle finger were the mm. two that he had gripping it. But, I mean, you add Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, is going to play a bigger role this year. Yeah, that kid was good last year. Like Ingram, they're expecting him, or Ingram, they're expecting him to step in and be the starting tight end. But you do have guys like Will Ty and Adams behind him who can contribute to this offense. So it's kind of, I look at it and go, there's too many offensive weapons Mm -hmm. for OBJ. He's still going to get his yards. He's still going to be good. But there's too many weapons for he's Eli not going to be that. My guy, my guy. Yeah, my he's guy, not going to be the only thing out there. And of course, you got to remember, mm-hmm. uh, and I remember this fondly because I always have Eli Manning as my fancy quarterback. <laughs> it happens somehow, some way, even when I'm upset about it. Uh, the man throws interceptions too. Yep. So he's going to make his dumb mistakes. He's going to look elsewhere besides Odell. Odell will not be as uh, much of a sure thing as he would in usual years. Mine is a guy, my number four is a guy who's going to benefit from a new guy coming in at a different position on the offense. Amari Cooper. Yeah. Already the number one in Oakland. He's going to get Derek Carr back and healthy for this season. Derek Carr's a sure thing at the quarterback position. You're glad that you have him. The big question there, and we'll probably talk about this later on the onside kick, is... uh, they don't get that fifth-year option because he's a second-round guy. But the big point for Amari Cooper that I think is going to be huge this year, beast mode. Beast mode has, we talked about that offensive line in the impact rookie segment of they got a good offensive line, made Latavius Murray look pretty damn good. Now you're going to give beast mode that offensive line. He's going to suck guys in. Guys are going to come into the box. He's A, going to beat them. And then number two, 
that's just going to open things up for a little bit of play action. Yeah. Boom, Amari Cooper's right there. I mean, Crabtree's also going to benefit, but let's be honest. Amari Cooper's the number one in Oakland. Yeah, and I, I agree completely. Uh, you know, so I'll go ahead and say Amari Cooper's my number three. Okay. Um, Amari Cooper's my number three. Derek Carr being there full season is going to be great. Uh, beast mode is really what it comes down to. Just exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Beast mode is going to do a lot. And sure, it will take some of the play calling away a little bit. But you know, uh, with Murray back there last year. That was nothing to laugh it's about. It's gonna it's gonna take more guys though to stop beast mode than it yeah. did to stop. But Murray. that's the thing. I'm saying it's not gonna change the game plan yeah. all that much. You know, it was it will still be a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this this isn't gonna be Seattle where they suddenly are gonna throw the ball. You know, least or second least in the NFL because of beast mode. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna do great things out there. I of course we're not at our predictions yet, but. I think we can safely say both of us have really high expectations for the Oakland Raiders coming up. Uh, the not yet mm-hmm. Las Vegas Raiders coming up. Well, and my I'm going to go right into my third guy because you went into mm-hmm. your third. I'm going to I'm going to have you guess who it is. He's returning this season after not playing last year. After not playing last year, God, I can't remember. Just Jordy Nelson. Ah, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson coming back this year for the Packers because. You look at it, yeah, you got Randall Cobb still. I know Gmo, giving a shout-out to Gmo Allison, the ex-fighting Illini, Devonta mm-hmm. Adams. But Jordy Nelson is the man for Aaron Rodgers. And I know what people are going to say, but, Ricky, they got Martellus Bennett now. That's another weapon for this team to use, Bennett, Rodgers, Cobb, Adams. But Nelson's the guy. Nelson always finds the way where if Rodgers is in a pinch— Boom, he's going to go to Adams. And it's going to be one of those things where people are going to go exactly what Mark did and go, oh, damn, I forgot about Jordy Nelson because he wasn't here last year. Well, he wasn't there two years ago. Two years ago. So yeah. this year I think it's going to be one of those things where he was still coming off of it, though. Yeah, but he, was, he played six, He played all. He played every game last And year. last year we were talking mostly about Ty Montgomery when it came to mm-hmm. the Packers. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. Well, breakout back to where he is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from that Packers team with Jordy Nelson. Uh, of course, it's one of those Mark's teams. Mark's like, I don't really want to say anything good about them. I I'm mean, they're Bears probably going to go 0 16 next year. <laughs> um, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, they probably Vikes will. And bear down. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those, Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball to anybody. He's mm-hmm. going to make him a star. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I mean, without a doubt, he he's going to be a top 10 I'll wide receiver. I'm not going to put him in the top five. I'll admit, three might be a little high. I might be like. Cooper and Nelson might be flip-floppy, but I'm going to keep it mm. Nelson at three. Cooper Jordy at Nelson to me is like a solid seven or eight wide receiver. Okay. He's not going to be top okay. top ten. I mean, he will get those touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Nobody says that Jordy Nelson can't score huge. touchdowns. And that's going to be huge for this Packer team. Yeah, but the thing is with the Packers is it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to get that ball to somebody who, in the end zone. Who, who, made the key, who made the key catch for them last year? Oh, yeah, that's right. Cook. I hate the it. The tight end cook. I hate it, but Aaron Rodgers is going to score touchdowns with whoever's hey, on the field. I was happy they beat the Cowboys. I at least, at least we didn't see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I'd rather see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl than uh, the Packers any day, even we though they weren't we there. Didn't but see them still. in the Super Bowl because still. the Atlanta Falcons blew them out. But I love it. Who's your two before we get to the honorable mention? So okay, so my two uh, is going to be. I, I wouldn't say it's a surprise because we see him up towards the top mm-hmm. constantly. It's Antonio Brown. Ooh. Antonio Brown is is he's my guy. He's got the tutties. He's got the yards. He's gotta be there. Now I'm thinking, who's your number one? Oh, my number one's a sexy pick. And to- like it's a sexy l- pick. Let, let's just go through your top five right now. Yeah. OBJ's off the board. Yep. Antonio Julio. Brown's off the board. Yep, Julio's off. Julio's off the board. Mm-hmm. Amari Cooper's out too. Who? Oh, it's gonna be sexy. Who? Like that, 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 I can't believe that you put Antonio Brown at number two. Now I now mm-hmm. I can't help but try to guess. Oh, it's good. Who you have it's at a good number one. one? It's gonna be good. Is I it got Brandon Cooks. No, I got high hopes for a particular team coming up this year. A particular team? It's not the Chargers. You really, you no. Really, the T-Y. Chargers have disappointed me way T-Y. too much. Is it T.Y.? 
No, that's Dave. Dave I'll talk about T.Y., T-Y, but we'll we'll get there. Dave likes T.Y., but my number two, you had him at number five, I got him at number two, Julio Jones. Yeah. A slight step back last year coming out, I would have had him as the number one wide receiver above Antonio Bryant, who was two, come out, Antonio Brown coming out, who was two, but... He, he's going to, yes, the Sarkeesian thing might be a little thing to get we used to. We just don't know yet. I don't think it's going to be as huge as you say. I think Julio is going to be the second, the one or the two for this year, wide receiver wise. And that is going to be it. Just based off of the talent he has, that team didn't lose a lot player wise. He still got Matty Ice throwing to him. Who's your honorable mention before we get to your crazy number one? Because mm. it's not no, either it's not, Jones. It's not crazy. He deserves it. Uh, it's not Jones, OBJ, Julio Jones. Nah, they're already I off. don't know who you're going with, but who's your honorable mention? This is T.Y. This is where T.Y. Okay. Hilton comes up. T.Y. T-Y Hilton gets T-Y. my honorable mention. I mean, the man knows how to put up some yards. He's mm-hmm. got Andrew Luck throwing it to him. It couldn't be any easier for him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I expect good things out of him. Unfortunately, he just barely misses out on top five. I'll have you take a guess. Mm-hmm. Who do you think my honorable mention is? There's two wide receivers I have not mentioned that you have. Well, you haven't mentioned uh, a couple of great wide receivers from the same damn team, uh, <laughs> being my man Odell and my my man Brandon Marshall. Oh, Odell, he's my honorable mention. He's mm-hmm. that guy we're just slightly out. I mean, there might be some people in the comment section that have already ripped me for some of my maybe Thomas or Nelson being in mm-hmm. above him, but Odell is going to have a good season. My honorable mention. But I'm going to get to my number one. I'm going to take him first because this is the number one wide receiver for 2017, Antonio Brown, baby. He is going to reclaim his throne this season. Mm -hmm. Big Ben is going to have a big year. The Steeler team could have a big year. Antonio Brown, number one wide receiver for 2017. I don't doubt it. Uh, Are you going to say Brandon Marshall? No, not Brandon Marshall, but that would be that'd be great. <laughs> okay. That would be nice. Uh, the big question for Antonio Brown and his Steelers there, are you going to make it this time? Are you going to get to that mm-hmm. Super Bowl? Because uh, Big Ben doesn't have that much well, left Big in the Ben tank. came out and said he's taking it year by year now. Yeah. He's taking it year by year. Now, he's starting to think about it. You can't keep me in, about su- that super, you can't keep uh, me in that suspension anymore, though. Who's yeah. your number one? Well, this man's got a nice neck beard. All right, I'm going with Mike Evans, number one wide receiver in 2017. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to – I thought it was going to be a lot more no, crazy than it was. No, this is a sexy pick right here. Mike Evans. This is man, a hot take This Mark man Weber. with his – getting his take. 12 touchdowns last year, did it his rookie year as well. Uh, more yards. Every year he gets more yards. Uh, he was at 1,300 last year. I'm expecting even more. Yeah, this team has some great weapons like Howard. Uh, they have, um, I'm blanking on his name, uh, other wide receiver now. Talking about Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Um, I'm thinking in the my head. Eagle. I'm thinking in my head Vincent Jackson. Like, <laughs> no. It's a Jackson. No, no, no. It's a Jackson. Uh, just wrong one. Yeah, DJ. right. Uh, so there's a lot of weapons there. For Jameis Winston to throw mm-hmm. the ball to. Uh, but Mike Evans is that solid, true number one who's really – he's proven time and time again he can light it up. Um, I just don't know if he'll be the best. Oh, I think he will. I think that uh, – we were talking about the Atlanta Falcons and, and their great year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now with the Buccaneers possibly unseating them. Oh, they are going to unseat them. I made that prediction already. You did. Buccaneers and winning the NFC even South. Even though I disagree that the Falcons will probably still win it, I think that the well, Buccaneers are still going to be the better team. Remember, from segment one, yours is a pencil. Mine's yes. a Sharpie marker. Mine is still the pencil. You penciled in Falcons. I wrote big in a Sharpie marker, Bucks. And then later, <laughs> big scratch off, you know, Saints watch, or something different. Watch. You know what's going to happen? Uh-huh. And I'm going to hate for this to happen if it does. Just like last year, Cowboys winning the division. Yep. Tony Romo goes down. Shit. And everything changed. The Vikings win the division. Teddy goes down. Crap. And I cha- and we changed You everything. just screwed Jameis. <laughs> That's Good what job. I'm saying. That's kiss of death Jameis. Uh, no, I think that the— We got to wait for that. I'm not yeah. going to give that award yet. I think that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to have the hottest offense mm-hmm. this coming year because they have so many great pieces— um, and I think that Jameis and this passing attack is going to be absolutely deadly. 
Hey, I can't. They've I can't got, disagree with you. They've got a basically, uh, you know, your your poor man's Gronkowski out there. Mm-hmm. Two great wide receivers, uh, young hot quarterback who's not slowing down. This is why I got to put Mike Evans on top. Yeah, I'll tell you, I can't disagree. Only because, like I said, Tampa Bay is going to win the NFC South this year. But let us know what you guys think. A, who are your top five wide receivers for 2017? Who will be the top five at the end? Let us know. What you think of both of our top fives for the wide receivers. And then let us know if you want to see this for running backs, for quarterbacks, for other positions in the NFL. Let us know down below in the comment section. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button, but also check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast to help support the channel in another way to make sure we can make a better product for you guys, our fans. Want to thank you one last time for listening and watching today. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts.